Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Endurance Minded. It's the podcast that looks at the psychological and emotional components of endurance sports and how they impact performance. I'm your host, Taylor Thomas. I'm the founder and coach at TEC. And um, I first want to welcome uh, everybody back for our second episode of 2021. Um, the last episode highlighted um, how we can work to uh, build uh, stronger habits um, as we set our sights on new goals um, and um, new things that we hope to accomplish, uh, healthy habits uh, in the new year. Um, and we got a lot of great feedback on that episode, which was fantastic. Um, that's uh, why we do the podcast in hopes that we can help um, provide individuals, um, athletes uh, and non-athletes alike, uh, tools and resources to be uh, to be better, to be more successful, productive, um, and reach their full potential. So thanks first and foremost to, uh, everyone who listened to the last episode, um, and was able to take something away from that. Um, if, um, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, I want to make a quick mention, uh, that we have launched, uh, a new endurance minded, uh, website. So that's still housed, um, on the podcast section, uh, of the Thomas endurance coaching, uh, com website. Um, but, uh, endurance minded, uh, we've been working to, uh, to revitalize that section to allow the podcast to have its own personality and its own space. Um, and there is, um, there's a really great new uh, comment section uh, on that website. Uh, again, that's endurance-minded.com. And um, some of you guys, I haven't done a good enough job of mentioning that explicitly. Um, some of uh, our listeners have found it and uh, have um, given some great feedback and comments and questions. And so I just want to uh, bring attention to that explicitly. Uh, we're continuing to uh, to work on that site and to, uh, to make it uh, a resource uh, and kind of a one-stop shop. Um, uh, for the podcast in a way that is useful and visually appealing um, and uh, and helpful for anyone looking for the resources that the podcast provides. But I want to encourage you, uh, if you have questions, comments, feedback, um, use the comment section. It's the bottom of the new website. Um, and um, send us uh, send us a note. Let us know what you want to talk about. Uh, if you have guests that you'd like us to talk to, um, we're working really hard to make 2021 uh, a really great year for the podcast, get some great speakers lined up, um, and also field uh, listener questions. So again, the goal of the podcast is that... Um, we want it to be useful, uh, and I want it to be something uh, that helps people uh, navigate all of the highs and lows and ins and outs of what it truly means to be an athlete, um, and more specifically, what it means to be an athlete outside of just doing workouts. So I wanted to take a second to uh, to uh, bring some attention to the new website, uh, enduranceminded.com, or again, you can access that directly through the Thomas Endurance Coaching uh, website podcast is, uh, is listed at the top, uh, of the website. Um, so click on that and, uh, and drop us a line and, uh, let us know what you think. Again, comments, questions, suggestions, uh, feedback, any and all of that, uh, is welcomed and encouraged. Um, so, uh, in that vein or on the heels of, of that, I want to, um, take today's episode to, to talk about, um, how we 
think about 2021 specifically. So, you know, so many of us um, have really hung our hats on um, the fact that, you know, all we had to do was get through 2020. Uh, That's been the language that so many people have been using. That's been the language that we've been reading is that if we get through what's been an extraordinarily challenging year on so many fronts, if we get through that, um, that that everything will be um, it'll be better. Or it'll start to be better. And, and 2021, you know, can't be worse than 2020. And and all this type of language that mentally has set, kind of provided the construct that all we had to do was was get to January. And what we're seeing, um, certainly in in the United States, is that you know for the most part, most people's lives aren't any different. Here we are in January. Things aren't uh, necessarily moving that quickly. Um, We, um, you know, the vaccine exists. Um, You know, there's lots of unknowns specific to, to, uh, to athletes. Um, We, we don't have a clear idea of what the race calendar looks like. And so, the the direction that I want to go comes from uh, feedback and from questions and, and comments that we're getting a lot um, to the podcast and then also to to TEC, which is you know what is what does twenty twenty one look like what what does the race calendar look like how do I prepare how do I establish goals and expectations and define success in in what is hopefully going to be uh, a year that is more in line with um, our expectations in terms of how things typically have looked in the past. So with that in mind, it, it, it cued me to begin thinking about um, how we can really think about ways to make this year uh, as good as it can be. And where my mind went was that there is, I think we could be um, setting ourselves up for failure if we're attempting to replicate the way that we've done things in the past. So if we're if we're taking, um, let's say 2019, so pre-pandemic, if we're taking um, that year or it, or years past, and we're isolating the way that we. Um, went about our lives, um, if we're, if we're isolating the way that we approached our training, the way that we established our goals, the way that we define success, um, as, as athletes, if we, if we, if we are drawing purely on those experiences or more specifically rushing to get back to, to that way of thinking, I think that there is an opportunity to undervalue, um, what we've learned, um, in the last year. And so I'm going to make a case for, for slowing down. Um, because even though 2020 was, um, exceedingly difficult and came with all kinds of hurdles for so many individuals, athlete and non-athlete alike, I have found it to be one of the most productive years, um, of my career, both athletically um, and as a coach. 
As an athlete, it provided me the opportunity for clarity. It gave me space to work on deficiencies that I had. Um, it gave me the opportunity to lean into other disciplines that I haven't hadn't provided myself uh, time to uh, to lean into, or I hadn't um, I hadn't given myself the the grace to. Um, to experiment um, with the joy that those disciplines can bring me and the fitness that can come from that. And then as a coach, it's, it's given me the opportunity and given us as, uh, you know, as TEC, as a group of coaches with, with lots of different backgrounds and experiences, it's given us the opportunity to really build fundamentally stronger relationships with our athletes by asking the questions that matter and actually having the space and time to get answers to those questions. Um, so again, while it, it was so disruptive and I know that, you know, as athletes, we wanted to race and we want to do our group rides and we, those are all fantastic things, but it doesn't mean that it was all bad. And when I, when I reflect on it, I really come out the other side thinking that it was, overwhelmingly positive in terms of its net results. And so what I hope to do is think about 2021 through the lens of what have we learned from 2020 that we can apply to this year and not necessarily work to just get back to quote unquote normal, because my fear is that that really diminishes uh, the work that we put in um, in the past year and all the growth that we've seen and the opportunities that we've been given to answer some questions that are, that are really challenging. And we haven't given, and we may have not given ourselves the opportunity to ask and answer those questions before. So again, I want to make a case for, for slowing down and, and maybe not, um, maybe we don't rush to fall back into the same routines. Maybe we don't rush to fill our race calendar with things that don't fulfill us, um, with events that are that we put on our calendar just because they're there or they're close or we haven't raced all year, so we're antsy to race. And again, I'm not saying that 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 trying to carve out outcome-based goals and experiences. Um, is not is not something that we should do or, or is not a way that we can be motivated. But I've, I've seen it now and I, I hear it in the language that so many athletes are using that we're, we're just trying to get back to normal. And what we define as normal is how we used to do things before we had the... Um, the, the luxury of time and space. Um, and, and again, so I think that there's a real opportunity to think about how we can grow from that process, from the things that we've been, um, you know, in a sense, forced to deal with. Um, I, I think that there's, I don't know that the answer is to, to try to get back to the way that we used to do things. I think that there is a chance to, to be more thoughtful um, and to be more critical in how we approach um our schedule, how we approach our training, how we carve out time and space for other things that matter. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, you know, experiences are only valuable if, if we learn something from them. So if we, 
it, it, again, I struggle to think that we go through all this only to, to get back to how we used to do things. And I, that feels like a real missed opportunity if we're just trying to force um, our way back towards uh, or into our old way of thinking, our old way of doing, our old way of training. Um, I'm a big believer in trying to learn from the experiences that we're presented with um, or, or experiences that we go through and, and come out the other side with a new perspective and hopefully uh, a more fulfilling and productive way to, um, to, you know, to, to, to move through life. Um, so there's a few things, uh, I want to highlight five ways that I think that we can kind of integrate or put this into practice. So if the goal again is to, to, to think differently about how we pursue our goals, how we set up our calendars, how we structure our training. Um, there's from this kind of train of thought and, um, and, and reading that I've been doing and, and thinking about how we can best utilize the experiences collectively that we've all gone through. Um, I've come up with five things, uh, five ways, five areas where I think that we can kind of see this um, realized um, in our lives as athletes. Um, so first and foremost, and I hit on this uh, a little bit earlier, is I don't think we need to feel the, the need to rush back into things, meaning that just because things are there, it doesn't mean we have to do them. Right. So, so this kind of mad rush to grab at any event that pops up because that's what we remember doing, uh, a few years ago. Um, that might not necessarily be the most fulfilling. It also might set us up for failure because, you know, we still don't have all the answers and we, we still don't have a clear idea of how certainly in the early part of this season, if we're talking about just logistics from a race planning perspective, we don't have, um, a clear idea of what the runway looks like from a safety perspective. Um, and from, you know, a state and federal regulatory perspective to really put hard dates in and know if that's going to be, um, something that one happens at all, or two is going to be something that we feel comfortable with. So there's a little bit of a logistics side of it. Um, but again, I I think just allowing ourselves the opportunity to, to kind of build into things, uh, at a pace that feels a little bit more moderate versus our old way, which was maybe, you know, we want to come out in February or March swinging with, you know, uh, a stacked, um, uh, a race calendar, you know, or hit a March race, an April race, uh, May, and then, you know, June, July, August, there's, you know, several races each month. Maybe we take some time to just build more slowly. And, you know, fitness has classically been defined as, as quote unquote, doing more, right? So, so volume, right? And, and this is one of the areas where I think we can really learn from the past year is that fitness comes in lots of different forms. We, if you've been an athlete long enough, like myself and many other folks, um, fitness 
comes with a certain volume standard, right? That if you do more, that means you are more fit. Um, and we're kind of chasing that all the time. And so that leads us oftentimes to really want to front load that volume um, so that we can be prepared for those early season races so that we can feel like we're gaining fitness. What 2020 has showed us is that there's, when we create some space, there's actually lots of different ways to create fitness that can hold or should hold just as much weight as doing a lot of training. Uh, and we actually have seen now that we've had a full year to let this play out, that it's it's massively more productive in terms of um, mental and emotional balance, compartmentalization of, of our training, periodization models. Um, and we can still maintain very high levels of specificity, um, that fitness can still remain high, but but it's but we've quantified and contextualized fitness in other ways outside of just cumulative training stress, um, which I just, I, I think that, again, the more I had time to chew on that, the more I feel like that's kind of a classic model we fall back on is, is well, if we're doing more, that's how we build fitness. I've seen so many athletes be so much more productive and fulfilled and balanced um, with shifting our, our idea of fitness towards other areas. That could be self-care that could be uh body mechanics it could be um strength training it could be um some of our soft metrics like you know sleep and recovery um and how we think about fitness you know or how we think about our training and the role that our athletic identity plays in our lives so all these ways that we can uh quantify fitness outside of just doing more so that's kind of Again, that's why I want to make this case for just pulling back a little bit and let's not immediately fall back into the rush to do more um, because I think that we've seen that we can still be massively productive or arguably maybe even more productive as athletes if we pull back the reins a little bit and we really pace ourselves and we really allow ourselves to dig into other zones that that position fitness uh, in a different light, um, instead of just cumulative TSS. So number one, don't feel the need to rush back into things. Number two, leave space for the process. So again, specific to lessons we've learned, uh, or takeaways from 2020, um, process oriented goals, right? Understanding how we get from point A to point B, um, and defining success through lots of different lenses. So success is not just showing up to a race healthy or, uh, or showing up to a race and winning that race uh, or showing up to a race and getting a PR. It's, it's everything along the way, right? It's from when you start to think about that outcome-based goal, every training session you put in, every night of sleep, every time that you think critically about your diet or your hydration, um, how you integrate training into your other responsibilities, work, life, otherwise. Um, so leaving, let's, and this is in the same vein of not rushing into things, but let's be sure to leave space for the process. Let's not let the fact that we now have at least a glimmer of hope that some races are going to come back online. Let's not let that cloud our um, 
let's not let that cloud our view of of the process, right? Because I think that for me has been the biggest benefit of the last year is being able to have the real luxury um, of of defining the process for each athlete and 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 knowing that time spent there holds just as much weight as doing big training sessions um, and showing up to an event or ride you know riding or running with the group all the things that were we didn't have access to didn't necessarily mean that uh, or didn't mean at all that we weren't being productive and we weren't using that time wisely. Um, arguably we were using it more wisely because everything that we did was very individualized, um, because we were, we were left with ourselves. Um, and so, you know, I, I think about this kind of space for the process, um, as, as what I've kind of coined a, a new breed of athleticism, right? Where again, athletes classically have been defined as very specific things and they've classically or traditionally been defined as people who do a lot. Um, and I think that there's a real, there's a real, um, opportunity or there's a real kind of, um, wave of, of new athleticism that values and, and weights, um, the full picture, Right. So, so seeing athleticism for everything that it is, it's the training, but it's also, um, what that commitment to the process means for other areas of our life, what it means to, um, to show up and be motivated and driven towards the best version of ourselves physically, but how that has to bleed into, um, to other areas of our life, uh, professionally, personally. Um, I think that this, uh, again, this kind of new breed of athleticism is going to be or has the potential to be an individual that really um, reaps the benefits of being an athlete for the rest of their life. Um, and I think that's what 2020 has showed us is that we can approach athleticism and approach training from a way that is still purpose-driven and it's still goal-oriented, but it but it can be fully rounded and it can have, it can give us the opportunity to know how and when to wait, um, all the different areas and all the different facets of being an athlete at any given time, we can weight those things, um, with the same importance that we, that we do a, you know, a, a breakthrough training session or, uh, or a peak block of training. So knowing that there's, there's space and time and we have a full year and that we can, we can lean into this process and not rush back to some of these old habits that, that potentially detracted from, um, the full experience that we were getting as athletes. So number two, leave space for the process. Um, number three, uh, is to utilize what's, what's called the the fresh start effect. So there's a really great study when I started to go kind of down this train of thought again, spurred by conversations I was having with athletes, feedback that we got on the podcast, um, and through the TEC website. Um, there's a really great study from the Wharton school in 2013, um, that, um, talks about, uh, the fresh start, uh, effect and, uh, and what that is is this idea that 
um, the study refers to it as temporal landmarks. So that at the onset of a new year or a new week or a new quarter, um, in, in some sort of time demarcation, mentally, there's a, a switch that's flipped. Um, and, and that's that, that when that switch is flipped, that's that temporal landmark. Um, and the study refers to it as the, the fresh start uh, effect. And the reason that I bring this study up is because what the study shows is that in those landmark moments, it's easier to uh, to create new habits. It's it's we're more likely to be successful in the goals that we lay out. Um, we are more likely to commit to good habits. Um, and so, since we're in a natural um, uh, temporal landmark, the, the beginning of a new year. Um, and a lot of people are in this zone. Um, I think we can really stand to utilize the fresh start effect, but through the lens of, uh, defining goals that draw on the experiences, uh, and what we've learned from the past year. Um, so capitalize on, on this kind of natural landmark, so that we can look for it in a way that sets us up for success. Um, and so since, again, um, we're in this natural transition state where we're looking forward towards the full year, um, we see all this runway and potential in front of us, what do we do with that time, right? How do we structure it? Um, how do we think about it? How do we position ourselves uh, for success? And we're in a, we're in a state now in a position mentally, physically to really capitalize on that. And, um, I encourage everyone to, again, just, just draw on the experiences that we've had. Um, what, what worked well? Um, what did you enjoy, um, about, you know, we have such a tendency now to think about the negative as it relates to the past year. And, and, and certainly there's, there's lots of that, but, but what went well? What did you enjoy? What worked? What, what part of the process um, was, uh, was fulfilling for you? And use those as cues to, to flip that switch in your own mind uh, and set those habits and set that trajectory um, towards a course that, um, that really draws on the first two points I made, you know, not rushing into things, leaving space for the process. Um, so let's, let's take advantage of, of science. You know, there's a, there's, again, there's a a natural inclination, um, uh, based on these, um, these, uh, demarcations in the calendar. Um, and let's, let's capitalize on that, that kind of, um, upswing, uh, in that, opportunity to, to see things in a way that sets the tone for the rest of the year. So we can make the decision to really rush into things and, and fill space and time, uh, in our training calendar with lots and lots of stuff. And, or we can maybe back off of that and think about it critically in a way that, um, that keeps the process, uh, in mind and keeps that, uh, in sight while also blending uh, our 
our goals uh, and being progressive and aggressive and, and, and looking to, to realize our full potential while also finding balance uh, and making sure we're staying true to some of those um, more fruitful uh, and challenging questions that we, uh, that we need to ask ourselves as athletes. So number three, let's utilize the fresh start effect, again, coined from, uh, from a study from the Wharton School in 2013. Um, number four, uh, write down what you've learned. So I touched on this a little bit in point three, but um, let's, let's think about, so instead of just kind of moving through it and, and setting our sights in the future, let's use it as an opportunity for growth. And the best way to do that, I think, um, is to write it down. Um, write down what you've learned. Don't leave it to chance. Don't, don't get in to the late spring and early summer and, and then be wondering how you can implement the tools and the resources, um, that you've gathered over the last, uh, year and a half. Don't be stuck wondering how to put those things into place, um, and how to capitalize on your development as an athlete, um, over, uh, over the course of 2020 and into early 2021. So I encourage you to, to write them down. Uh, what did you learn? What worked? What didn't, um, how, you know, what have been markers for success? Um, what have been failures? Um, and I think, you know, when we've been forced to remove a lot of the noise, um, of, the things that we classically have had to manage as athletes, when we define success and failure without some of that static, we can get really clear answers, right? So what's been successful? Well, most of us didn't race. So what's success outside of that? That's a really, I think the answer to that has been really um, impactful for a lot of athletes. To that same end, what's been a failure, right? What didn't work? Um, Again, we probably can't talk about race day execution, Um, and so where weren't we our strongest, where, where didn't we, um, you know, meet our expectations or capitalize on our, uh, on our potential. So take some time to write, write those things down, uh, in an effort to, to really map out and understand how, what you took away from the last year. And that's the goal. That's what I want people to, to understand is, you know, what, what did I learn? Um, because we, we've spent a lot of time focused on the future in hopes that we can move through this challenging time period. And that's totally fair. But again, it's a disservice to whitewash that time period, um, in hopes of getting to something else. When I think that there's been tremendous growth for those who have been willing to grow, um, and who have been paying attention. So write it down. Um, and, and see what you've learned and, and, and lean into those harder questions. Again, success, failure, uh, expectations, some of this language that helps us define where we've really, um, where we've really shined and, and where we, uh, may have had some deficits and those deficits are fine too. We can't be afraid of those. Uh, we can learn from them. Um, uh, and number five, um, challenge yourself, right? This is hard stuff. It is, admittedly so much easier to just go back to what we used to do. I'll be the first to admit that, you know, we come from, you know, or I come from and as coaches and we're coming from a long, 
long history of doing things pretty much the same way, which was, you know, carve out a race calendar, prepare for those races, take the off season off, rinse, repeat, um, without a lot of space for stuff in between. Um, and you know, that's, that's exciting. I'm not saying that that's, that's bad, but again, I think it does the athletic experience a disservice. And what I'm seeing is a real opportunity for growth and for individuals to realize the full potential of athleticism by, by paying attention to, um, to what we've learned, uh, and the opportunities we've been given amidst very challenging times. So, so, so challenge yourself, um, take some time to think about how we might do things differently. If, if we, if we want to learn, if we think that there's opportunities to be happier as athletes, to be more productive, to be more fit, to balanced, um, what does that look like? Um, and again, that's going to be a challenge because, because we know how the other way works. Um, and we're used to that, but that might not be, even if we go back to that same way, I still think there's opportunities to infuse some of these learning opportunities. Um, so maybe it's not a dramatic change, but, but there, but there's things that we can layer in that are going to make that experience more productive and more fulfilling. Um, so, you know, change is progress, right? We don't necessarily, um, I'm not convinced that the getting back to what we used to do is, is our end goal. Uh, I think in order to be as productive as we can be in order for, for me and, and my team, uh, to be as productive and, uh, as we can be as coaches to be as productive as we can be as athletes, um, I think we need to open our eyes to the to the possibility that there's room for progress and there's room for adaptation, and we can take these challenging times uh, and we can layer it in um, to, um, to to goal setting and planning and and all aspects of the athlete experience in such a way that every athlete um, has a more fulfilling and enjoyable um, and sustainable. Um, that's a big one for me. Like, you know, I want to, I want to work with athletes or provide athletes the tools to, to be athletes for the rest of their lives, ideally. But, you know, let's say five, 10, 15 years, not just one season, not two seasons, not a few good races. Let's talk about what we can do to build sustainability so that individuals can realize the, the real potential, um, again, that, that this new breed of athleticism might, uh, might have on them, uh, when we are able to pay attention, uh, and lean into, uh, to some of these, uh, experiences that we've been, we've been forced to learn from, but again, I think, uh, in a good way. So, um, just a quick recap, five things don't feel the need to rush into things. Number one, number two, leave space for the process. Number three, utilize the fresh start effect. So let's put some science into it and use these natural demarcations, uh, in the year to, uh, to flip that switch for us and think about how we can set ourselves up for success. 
Number four, write down what you've learned. Uh, commit to it. Think about it. Lean into it. Ask hard questions um, and write them down now so that you're not wondering what your roadmap looks like um, uh, six months from now. And number five, challenge yourself. Um, we challenge ourselves all the time, every year as athletes, we set ourselves up for physical challenges. Let's, let's challenge ourselves in other places. Um, or, or when we do set challenging goals, uh, aggressive goals on the physical front, what does that mean for how we're challenging ourselves in other areas of our lives? Um, so let's not think about it, um, in a way that's polarizing or linear. Let's be more nuanced in how we think about those challenges so that we, again, are able to realize and get the full benefit uh, of being athletes. So um, I hope this uh, I hope this was helpful. Um, thank you guys again for your feedback. Uh, like I mentioned at the top of the episode, uh, enduranceminded.com. We have a new look uh, and a new experience there for the podcast. Most importantly, um, two things. You can ac- access uh, uh, the last uh, 10 episodes of Endurance Minded on the pod, uh, on the website. Um, and number two, uh, please go to the comments, uh, section and, uh, and hit us up, uh, again, any feedback, uh, things you'd like us to address guests you'd like us to have introductions you'd like to make, whatever it is, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we've already gotten some, uh, some great feedback. That's what, that's, what's fueling conversations like the one, uh, that we're having right now. Um, but we look forward to, uh, making 2021 an even more, uh, useful and valuable year, uh, on the podcast. And we'd love to have your input for that. Uh, as always also thomasendurancecoaching.com for everything that we talked about on the podcast, always offering, uh, free orientation calls with a coach. Um, you can call us or send us an email, um, that's, um, accessible, uh, from the homepage on the website. We encourage you to reach out. Uh, we are always open to talking about, uh, how we can help you, um, be more productive, successful, balanced, engaged, um, no matter what type of athlete you are or whether you identify as an athlete or not. Um, we're here to help. So please, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you guys so much. Um, and we'll talk to you next time.